what is your hunch on the future? Where, where, do, where do you see? So it's, it's 2023. Where, where do you see us being uh, in 2030? And do you think Trump will be any different? So, you know, 2030s, it's kind of hard to say what's going to happen between then and now. Uh, what I will say as far as the cyber attack stuff, um, the World Economic Forum, their number two guy after Klaus Schwab uh, in January of this year said that before 2025, there's going to be a massive cyber attack. Uh, and if you recall, Klaus Schwab during COVID said stuff like, oh, soon there will be a cyber pandemic that will, you know, in comparison to COVID, make COVID look small by comparison, paraphrasing, uh, but something like that. Welcome to What's Left, a weekly political discussion challenge the mainstream left. My name is Andy Libson. I'm a teacher here in Oakland and a socialist. And again, we're joined by Kenny Zapeda, um, also a socialist um, in the Central Valley. Um, we would have had Eduardo here today, but he called in, not called in sick. He didn't call in sick. He He's busy with a lot of stuff going down for him in Colombia, visas, immigration, and he just felt like he couldn't. He, he called me like like literally a half hour from from ago and basically said, "Andy, I can't do it." So we're good. It's just going to be me and Kenny today. Um, so Kenny, you'll you'll give us more of an introduction. I'll just say this about for folks who are following today. Um, Kenny reached out or basically told me two weeks ago. Was it Kenny when you told me about this mm -hmm. this thing? Uh, yeah, basically he had said, you know, Whitney Webb had been interviewed by Jimmy Dore around you know, the threat of the emerging threat of um, central bank digital currency coming. But you also mentioned two articles, and that was something we wanted to talk about. But you also mentioned two articles, recent, somewhat recent articles by Fabio Vigi, one entitled Welcome to Low Energy Capitalism or Proletarians of the World Wear Face Masks. Um, and that was uh, an article that came out in September of last year. Um, and then a more recent article, um, a quote, new 9-11, the stage is set. That was more recently written. I don't know exactly when he did it, um, but it's much more recent. That came in um, right after uh, the, the the attack of Hamas and then the attack on Gaza um, and what he saw as a developing war in the Middle East. So, Kenny, you said that all those the, those two articles and this interview created a stew of interesting discussion points that you wanted to go through um, yeah. related to central bank digital currency crisis, and things like that. That's kind of what I heard. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I, I read Fabio Vigi with excitement because um, I feel like I get a, a micro sense of uh, persuasive argument of, you know, the financial system and the economy and, you know, why it might events in the world be happening. Um, you know, he had a a very interesting argument about why COVID happened, and from the lens of a, like the financial system and averting a massive collapse and infusing a lot of money into the system in order to maintain it and you know alive and with and so that's in the back of my mind always. Um, I, I don't think you know he has a complete picture. <laughs> I'm trying to make sense, you know, because there's geopolitical stuff. There's more like the technical aspects of, you know, of like uh, blockchain and, you know, these technologies, right? Uh, 
And so uh, I, I grab uh, from everyone, right? Like I listen to, again, I read Fabio Biggie, Whitney Webb, listen to her, Scott Ritter, Garland Nixon, Jimmy Dore, um, the news and, you know, us here. And so it, in this conversation where Whitney Webb is talking about um, CBDCs, right? Like um, central bank digital currencies. Yeah. Um, I had an aha moment, right? Because, uh, and I'm going to throw it back to you a little bit. You always, you know, in the episode where we talked about Marxism as a religion, I mentioned that you always say certain things that stick with me. <laughs> and we, we, we've been, uh, and, and, and I wrestle with those things um, and try to make sense of them. And one of them was about automation and, you know, in Marxism, right? And I, does Marxism become obsolete with more automation? And, I don't think we've ever answered that. Um, and so, you know, and, and that the place a component, right? So the technology aspects. And so you also had said in the past, during the COVID, uh, you know, uh, period, that we would be attacked in waves, right? Uh, um, and I feel like at the time, at least me, I speak for myself, I was more focused on, on like, you know, the vaccine, our bodily autonomy, and digital passports and with time perspective i feel like that's just another component of what's happening and so digital currency we talked with uh alison mcdowell i think we had a conversation right where she tried to explain blockchain uh and um because that's an essential part of um digital currencies right to in order to be able to um trace this money right that is produced digitally and um, in this case, issued and regulated, controlled by centralized institutions rather than uh, some anonymous, right, like uh, uh, system. Uh, and so, Whitney Web talks about how they might carry out the introduction of uh, such a, a big thing, right? Like you're you're making a massive change to the way transactions are made in, in, in globally, right? Or, or or at least regionally, depending on who applies it, right? Who adopts the systems. Um, and so she talked about uh, terrorism, basically, uh, in a, a massive cyber attack uh, on um, banks or, 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 or something along those lines that will create massive panic, right? And it reminds me of COVID. <laughs> And 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 now suddenly we need a centralized institution, right? And, and that is uh, that regulates or that controls, quote unquote, um, in order to save us, right, from a, a massive catastrophe that affects everyone. And, and essentially a pandemic, but a digital pandemic in in this sense. Um, and so that was my aha moment, you know that. Uh, and then I listened to the rest of the conversation and, and I had some questions uh, because I, I wasn't fully satisfied with some of the questions that came up. And I think we'll we'll, we'll get into those. Like uh, the first one is like as to why. They asked Whitney Webb why. And we'll look at that clip later. Uh, I would like to. And the other one is like what to do about it. And and so <laughs> those are basically the guiding questions that I have coming into this episode. And um just wanted to see what y'all think about it, you know, in this case, it'll be you. Yeah, because you initially, it was supposed to be me and Eduardo. Um, let me just clarify a few things of what you've gone over, and I know you want to start to look at the clip. Um, first off, the terrorism 
that they were that Whitney Webb was talking about is the the that there there's going to be a claim of cyber terrorists, um, people who are acting privately um, on these on these inst- on these institutions to mess something up, gum something up. Definitely, possibly, very much a false flag. But out of those cyber, out of that so-called cyber terrorism, which is supposedly going to bring on, and she's saying this is going to happen by 2025, um, which is supposedly going to bring on like. An attack on the inner, on the cyber system that's going to do more damage somehow even than already COVID did, and the COVID didn't do much damage. It was all the lockdowns. Like the damage was done by the government. The damage was done by these institutions. COVID didn't do shit. It was all done and like and cyber and Vici, uh, Vici talks about this that you cannot understand COVID in terms of epidemiology and in terms of medic of a medical thing. You have to understand it as a socioeconomic intervention into the into the world, and it was done at, literally to hide a massive influx of, of funds being put into the into the economy under a context when they had already been doing it actually for almost a year by virtue of the fact that repo markets had collapsed or in some way, shape, or form. Um, and so, in order to keep liquidity going, in order to keep money in the system, because everything is is run, running off of debt. You had to keep putting new, print new money and put new money into the system, and that's what COVID created the the pretext to do, while hiding what the real reason for doing that was. And I agree that the the best way to understand COVID is not to look for DNA sequences. The best way to understand COVID is to look at what happened with the economy, um, and that's something that and that's a Marxist event, and that's why that's why it was so upsetting to see Marxists go along with this, and it was so. Good to finally find a Marxist economic economist like Vigi, who looked at it exactly through that lens. Like this is a, this is an economic attack, not a biological one. Um, so that's the first thing. Um, but the other thing I want to do is go back to some of those things that you were mentioning that you thought about because uh, that that I had said. I just want to be clear because since I had said them, I want to just be sure. I think the one you had mentioned about automation is when. I wondered, I think this is when I wondered to you, what, because Marxism had always talked about the, the working class being the majority class. Well, what do you do when the working class is getting smaller and smaller and smaller as a result of automation? And it, it actually starts to become almost a, a, another minority class in compared to a mass of unemployment, of unemployed people out there. That to me presents a real problem for some of the things that are the, pre, are the, are the foundations of Marx. And the possibility of working class revolution, or the notion that a working class revolution would be a revolution of the majority and not a minority. So that's is that the point you're you were asking about? Yeah, and and I, and I think this is why I wanted you know to kind of throw Vigi into the conversation in the context of these um, you know uh, digital currency uh, you know conversation. Uh, because he does bring that up, you know, and, and what happens, you know, he even calls uh the unworking class right was, he coins some term you know like yeah. the, the no longer the majority is no longer working class it's like the people who are not employed yeah and that's a growing number especially in the US um, yeah and he speaks to a crisis in labor power you know like that and what he which he recognizes that as some well which he says as we of marxists do that it is labor it is the actions of human labor that are the basis of of, of profit creation 
And as the system, even despite itself, strips human labor away from the away from the process of production, it builds into itself a deeper and deeper crisis. And this is the crisis of the the crisis of due to the falling rate of profit that is a result of the fact that more and more capital is used to 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 put machines in the place of production as opposed to humans, which is great. You can you can ha have a more efficient product, but it has the effect of eliminating profit from their own system, and that creates a crisis for it. Um, and and not a fake crisis, but an actual crisis that will lead to capitalism not seizing up every you know and seizing up more and more aggressively as that problem goes on. Um, yeah. Um, Go ahead. So he talks about, you know, I guess in simple terms, like real and unreal money, like, right, or, or that is created, right? Because we do, I think everyone knows what uh, Wall Street, right? That does, that's not real money. And that's like, you know, um, derivatives and all that, you know, even the, 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 the banking uh, system that we use, right? The fa fractionary, what is it called? The fractional reserve banking. That, that, um, that. Now, Whitney Webb talks about it and or hints at it in this uh, video uh, where basically banks grab a dollar, you know, for every $10 that you deposit, they have to hold $1, oh, yeah. no, not, not $9, and then on and on and on and multiply money that's not really backed by, again, real labor, real material things, right, which is uh, the basics of a solid, real economy, right? And and, and that's why, you know, there's some people who say, you know, uh, the the... Stock market is not the economy. The stock market is not the economy, right? Because it, it is not coupled, but 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 it does create a, a real crisis that affects you know real people and disrupts production. Even though like uh, in it's not a, a a natural event that's disrupting right like the makings of real things that that are useful to everyone. It, it is actually this fake system right of, of fake money creations with real consequences. That creates crisis, right? And so he brings that up uh, in the conversation. But I mean, I, I want to see the, the the first part of the video too, yeah. uh, so we can uh, talk about that. Okay, you want to go there now? Yeah, yeah. So I saw this on YouTube: Whitney Webb, Bitcoin, and the plot to destroy financial privacy. So tell tell me about that. Yeah, so this was my uh, speech at uh, the Bitcoin conference uh, er, um, earlier this year in May, uh, and it, it's all, it was also turned into an article that was published in Bitcoin Magazine, uh, which puts on that conference. So basically, the uh, public-private partnership that I talked about earlier that's run by an, an Israeli intelligence official that wants to name misinformation spreaders as cyber criminals, uh, this, is, uh, this speech is about them. Uh, they're planning essentially uh, to end online anonymity and financial privacy. And as I mentioned earlier, the DOJ and the FBI and the Secret Service are all members. So are Israeli and UK intelligence. And so are all the big banks like Bank of America's on there. And then you've got like Silicon Valley companies and That's this why, oh, partnership against cybercrime, along with uh, the Carnegie Endowment, uh, has an equivalent program. Uh, yeah, the two of them have been basically pushing for the end of online anonymity, or really online privacy and financial privacy, and also pushing uh, to merge banks, banking regulators and intelligence agencies in the US. That's why madness. That's why and the guy oh. that was in charge of Carnegie at the time is now CIA director under Biden. And they were basically 
saying that the way this would be implemented would be through a big cyber attack on the banks. Uh, that's why hmm. Jordan Peterson was calling. That's why Jordan Peterson was on talking yep. about we need to end anonymity online because yep, he's a he show. Started hanging out with Netanyahu. Yeah, right? he he got paid by Daily Wire a while ago. He got a bunch yeah, of money. Mm-hmm. So him and Douglas Murray's a shell for his, and they're paid in. Douglas Murray's got all this new work done. <laughs> Ever since his uh, the war started in Gaza, and he's out there, he looks like Sharon Osbourne before her surgery. Now they're paid by Israel. They're shells. Jordan Peterson. That's why he was spouting that. What, he's like, eh, we get anonymity is the problem. Really? And I remember being like, why is he yeah. saying that? Nikki Haley that's too. Why. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's why he sold the fuck out. That's why. So in here, in in Glendale, California, here there there's a news headline yesterday that they've been a victim. Their school you system has it. been a, a victim okay. of a cyber attack, and that the cyber. That's all right. I think you can stop it after the you know cyber attack on banks. Uh, yeah, miscalculated again. You can. I can leave out the curtain. That's the curtain. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. And so. You know, um, again, like what Whitney Webb is talking about is to me is is the how it it doesn't answer the why this is happening, and and I think this is uh, I wanted to, you know, like she, she name dropped a bunch of institutions, a bunch of people that are involved in this, and you know, it it is important, right? Like to kind of understand the the level of. Um, embeddedness that you know different institutions have and understand that the way it's happening in the US you know this you know whether it's you know like vaccines or censorship uh, it, it's not like it's happening in China right or or in other like supposedly more authoritarian countries there is this public face this like a you know private sorry business face to the nefarious things that are being done right like like censorship and and so, and, you know, she, she talks about how, like, in the U.S., the, the central bank digital currency wouldn't be, like, necessarily a directly issued, um, you know, monetary tool by, by the government, but, like, managed through banking, right? Like, in, independent, um, and, and, you know, and I think that's useful. But the, the thing that I want to be careful about is when we get lost on these, like, individual institutions uh you know because it's a problem that uh, that i think was when people listen uh, was present when people listen to sometimes whitney webb or alison mcdowell is that we get caught up on these minute details and we lose sight of the big picture you know at least that's just my my, my opinion and again this is why i personally think it's necessary to have more context you know and, and important to read people like biggie uh, which I don't think he has a full picture. You know, you also have to understand the geopolitics that Scott Ritter or the you know are, are, and other people like them are trying to answer. And so, um, I just wanted to highlight from that clip, you know, and also, you know, I, I again, crisis, in the, which is something that Viggy talks about that we are in a world that we're increasingly see crisis as a means to introduce things, right and and so I just wanted to kind of throw a cautionary flag into like, if you don't understand who all these people and these institutions are, are you know, like uh, to not be dissuaded because it is a daunting task to, to learn every single institution and how they're connected. Uh, what I would say is that 
the private public partnerships, they're not new. <laughs> you know, they have always existed, you know, like to think that banking, you know, in, in like the government institutions are not embedded together, you know, like there's the CIA, the FBI, all the institutions having, you know, like been embedded with Twitter, with, with Facebook from this foundation. <laughs> like it, it's kind of ridiculous, you know, these things are new, they're present. We always have to be cautious, you know, uh, cautious about it, but we have to keep an eye on the big picture as to why. And I, I think that's going to be the next part here on the next clip. But uh, I want to see if you want to say something about this. Yeah. Well, there's a lot there. Um, first off, uh, now I want to be clear here. The, the, the threat she's talking about of digital currency and central bank digital currency, those things are being enacted in China and Russia and India. So, right. She, she And she's saying it. So I thought you said that this stuff isn't happening in China. It is happening in China. No, I, what I'm saying is that, you know, like the way it's carried out here, right, it, it's different. And so yeah. because we don't see it done like in a, in a quote unquote authoritarian way, we may not see it, you know, that it, it's more of a private, like a a business face to it, right? Yes. Like YouTube is censoring. It's not the government, but yes. the government is right behind it. Yeah. There's a few things that come to mind for me, so I'm glad you're bringing this up because it makes me think about a number of things. Um, first off, I agree that public-private partnership is nothing new. The state and corporations have been fused all the time. Now, is there a difference between, in my opinion, the way capitalism runs in China and the way capitalism runs in the United States? Yes, actually. In China, Public-private partnership is not a dirty word because Chinese capitalism comes from the state. The state is imposing, the is, is accumulating profits off of the back of its own workers and projecting, making its investments into Africa and South America with the aim of making those, those countries colonial tools, economic colonial tools to China, right? So people say, oh, China's not going to be an empire. It's too late. China already is an empire. Belt and Road Initiative is an imperial project. It is not a fucking let's we're wealthy. We're going to share our wealth with you thing. Um, so uh, the, the, the public private partnership is what people used to call the socialist countries. Uh, the Soviet Union, Cuba, China, North Korea. Those are public private partnerships that are really are running capitalism as, as, a, as an open public private partnership. But that's not how the U.S. sold it. The U.S. sells itself as the state over here, the corporations over here, and we're actually free market. We let the corporations just do whatever the fuck they please, and the state's just going to be over here kind of like check, checking it out a little bit. We'll try to stay out of it. But if we have to come in because there's some unfairness and people want the, the Democrats to help them or the Republicans to help them, then we'll come in. That's, that's been a fucking game the whole time. But no, it's, those two have been lockstep. And the way you can know that is when World War II hit. The public-private partnership of of the U.S. state was revealed when the U.S. state went and said, "Okay, now we're fighting a fucking war. Now we're going to make corporations do this and that and that. And now we're not. You want to sell shit to Germany? No, we're not going to let you. Or yes, we will, but we'll tell you how much you're going to do. You know. And so that exposed the fact that all these capitalisms, in my opinion, are versions of state capitalisms, but the U.S. tried to hide it. So it's it's needing to play catch up because. Unfortunately, they are the. I believe that the, that 
that the the China has been able to get away with a lot of all these these COVID measures, these vaccine measures, the digital currency measures, the social the the what's it called the um the uh, when you when you when you have put on on Facebook, what's it called when if what you do on Facebook or what you do on social media, social credit scores, right? China has been able to sell to its own people those projects because it's been able to use the gloss of the Communist Party of we're all in this together. It's actually been able to use the notion of the state as something that helps everyone to say, oh, this is why we're doing this for you. And as you as we can see during COVID, that's a great way to sell a project, which is, hey, this is this is for everyone. We're trying to do this for you. And, and the United States got a real sense of how how important it is, how powerful the state can be in getting through policies um, that it needs in order to make its projects work. Um, and so it's trying to play catch up. Um, so in, in my opinion, so that the, the public, private, everything's going to become more openly public private partnerships because U.S. has to now catch up with China. U.S. has to catch up now militarily with Russia. It, it has to turn its own war economy into something that Russia has been able to do in a pretty quick time under the context of the, the war in Ukraine. When it looked like the U.S., Russia before seemed like the weaker military. Now it looks like the stronger one in, a, in the force of in, the, in almost two years, not just stronger than NATO, possibly stronger than the United States, you know, um, certainly in the context of the United States having to fight two wars and maybe three wars at a time, it, it, it will defeat it. And it, it, it looks like, a, like an enemy, quote, so-called enemy that would defeat the U.S. in the theater. Um, so now the U.S. is trying to figure out how do we how do we change our economy to gear toward the war economy, which basically, again, is that's going to be public private partnerships. Um, so I agree with that. Secondly, um, I I think this Whitney Webb was essential for me seeing through the COVID lie. Okay, when she came out and talked and, and exposed the the writings of the CIA and the NSA around what they what they all the work they had done previously prior to this COVID stuff to set up this moment where they were going to need to play catch up with regards to artificial intelligence and that this operation and getting everyone going remote was part of that. Like that, that work she did was central. And I, and I still believe the work she's doing around digital bank, the central, central bank, digital currency, CBDGs is, is essential because I think it's right that that's coming. But I, I agree with you that she looks at it. And I think many people who are fighting this look at it like this person doing that, this institution doing that, as if it's a policy that's a choice. It's not a choice now. It's, it's now built into the system because of what Viji's talking about, of the falling rate of profit and all these U.S. is just having to do what China has already, territory China has already marked out to keep up with them. Everyone knows that if Coke comes up with a better way of producing cans, of producing its products, that Pepsi is going to be fucked until it takes on those same practices. And then at that point, they are equal again, and then somebody's got to figure out a different way to get to efficiency. So capitalists always play copycat because they're always trying to catch up to the, to the person who got a little bit ahead. Um, and so it's, it might look like a conspiracy of like, hey, look, everyone's doing the same thing. They must all be meeting and talking. They don't have to be doing that. All they have to be doing is looking, looking at each other, looking at how their opponent, their competitor is operating 
and then figure out what do they repeat and what the what are the what is that my opponent doing that's getting them ahead of us? How do we repeat that with our own population? And they don't. So that doesn't mean that Biden has to fucking be a Chinese stooge to do that. What he has to do is be a capitalist and a leader of a capitalist country and saying, we see what you're doing. We're going to go try to do that our own way. And we're going to try to do it better. All right. So that's where, to me, the, 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 the knowing the players, to me, does, actually doesn't matter. Because this process is, is going to happen because it's not a policy. It's not a, it's not a mugs game where they're just trying to fool you. It's a result of the fact that greater and greater parts of the economy are no longer connected to the productive center, but are connected to the financial center. And so the value of money itself is going to go down, 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 down in the, in the face of that, which is what you saw in Germany when people were carting wheelbarrows of dollars of marks of Deutschmarks around in order to pay for bread or whatever, because the, the value of the currency was dropping and dropping. That's what was happening around globally during World War II. We are going to see a similar sort of thing. And that's not a result of a bad policy by Biden or Xi Jinping or Putin. It is a result of the falling rate of profit due to the fact that more and more and more of the capital is being used to buy machines, put machines in play, and less, less humans. That's just what's happening. And, and yet, that's what capitalists, capitalists do that because that's the solution to their loss of profit. But what it effectively does is it, it takes the, the whole layer of profit and, and makes it smaller and smaller for everyone by doing those sorts of things. So they compete with each other by trying to put more machines in play while simultaneously removing the thing that's actually the basis of profit. Now, again, this is a Marxist view of looking at it. If you're not a Marxist, you can say, I don't believe that's the case. This is the theory of surplus, uh, the surplus of value. The labor theory of value um, is, is connected to that. Um, but I actually think it's the best explanation for why things look the way they do. You can't understand them by, by, by understanding what's in the minds of Eric Schmidt or Henry Kissinger, or some of these people she's met, na naming. Because if you took those people out, the, the policies would still have to go, or the, the, the process would still have to go, because everyone's trying to maximize profit in the context of profits getting harder and harder to come by, which is going to make, and like Fabio VG is saying, which makes each one of these crises increasingly more difficult and increasingly more uh, violent and unbearable, and increasingly more something that's going to be an attack on all of us. And, in so many different ways, from the environment to war to your body, and he's and like he's saying, they're going to just keep coming for you, and and it's not these are not um, just made up things, although they are going to be lying to you about what's really behind them. They're happening because of actually prob actual problems in the system, um, in the capitalist system, and the underlying thing is I don't I don't think these people look at capitalism any longer. I think. They kind of talk about capitalism, but they've they've people like um, Whitney Webb dis, disconnect this discussion from the profit system, and I think she's gonna, and I think she, that's gonna be a she's gonna falter there because of that, in my opinion. Yeah, and and again, I like I think there is value right to that, and and but it, it is a, a fallacy. Um, that prevents you from understanding the big picture, and to me, that's what that that's what I'm trying to do personally. You know, like um, and, and trying to make sense as to why you know each player is making their moves. Um, and I just wanted to emphasize too, like that you know this we we started talking about 
central bank digital currency, right? And 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 in that you also had to talk about AI because since 2020, since COVID, you know the the number of countries. Uh, I looked at the Atlantic Council, you know their data, whatever. Since 10 to 2020, uh, the the number of countries exploring and trying to implement uh, CBDCs uh, has tripled. You know, uh, also AI, right? And, and AI has is in every commercial when you watch an NFL game. You know, it's in is it's it's in every context, uh, in every sphere of life. And again, that is a massive disruptor, right? Like that, I don't think we fully understand yet in terms of like replacing human labor, right? right. And in this case, brain labor, right? It, it, right. It, I think more than uh, you know the people because usually we replace a field worker, right, or a factory worker, right? A factory worker. But now we're talking about potentially lawyers and, and, and nurses and teachers and right. And and, and one thing I want to say about that because I I think people think. They keep saying using I'm using AI. Where somebody was a teacher today who, who had to do something, she goes, "Well, I use AI to do that." Folks, we are not using AI. We are training AI. That's what we're doing. You use a hammer. You tr AI is being trained, being trained on your work and on your thoughts on how to replicate what you're doing, improve on it, uh, simulate it, uh, make. Make guesses about what you'll be doing in the future on the basis of it. So we are not using AI; we're training it. Sorry. And again, since we've we've talked about in the past about the massive amounts of data that were infused into in developing, you know, AI and different technologies, right? That as a result of being locked down in 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 changing our habits to be more uh, on the digital end, right? Like going to the doctor through video is normal now, right? And uh, going to school through video, and again, that's data and, and you know, all the behaviors that we have are, are, are you know, in some ways being inserted into this new economy, which at the same time, I do have a question and I think maybe uh, we can try to answer that after we watch the clip of to the 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 question of why is this happening that is posed to Whitney Webb um, because I think we might have different opinions as she does uh, but I don't know if you want to play that. Um, why would an American want this? They already if I want to send money, I can use Venmo. There's other ways of digitally sending money and receiving money. Why do I need it from a centralized bank? What would be what's in it for us? There's nothing in it for us. So why would a guy like him be allowed to say that? Hey, yeah. Well, because in the U.S., the central bank, uh, the Federal Reserve, is owned by the private banks, so they don't do anything the private banks don't want. And so, if you have a direct issued CBDC, like is being piloted in, in like China and like these other countries around the world, where the central bank is directly issuing that currency, basically, you know, for every, uh, you know. In the U.S., it would mean that, that, that for every dollar uh, produced, they would have to hold, you know, one reserve backing it up, like a one-to-one -one ratio. Um, but Wall Street doesn't want that because they engage in something called fractional reserve banking, right. uh, which is where basically, like, you put a, you deposit $1,000 in the bank and they keep, like, $10 and, you know, loan out the other 900 And that's why bank runs happen and bank go, banks go insolvent. 
and all this stuff, but it also allows them to pump up these crazy Wall Street casinos, and they have no intention of changing their behavior at all. And so they can't have a direct-issued CBDC and continue fractional reserve banking. So what they're trying to do is have something called deposit tokens or bank-issued stable coins, where they get to all the all these private banks, these Wall Street banks hold the reserves and can do fractional reserve banking with it. Because if the Fed were doing it, then the Fed would have to keep it in that one-to-one ratio. But if Wall Street is doing it, then they can keep their insane casino going on forever, um, while also uh, you know surveilling Americans on behalf of intelligence, which is why you have this push I mentioned earlier to merge uh, banks and intelligence agencies going on with all of this. So instead of, you know, uh, Jerome Powell and the Federal Reserve on behalf of the government programming and surveilling you through a CBDC, it will be Jamie Dimon doing it. For me, it's, uh, it's making the mistake of, again, putting, picking a bad guy, right? Like, instead of understanding the entire system is, is corrupt, it's like these bad, greedy, you know, people. And, and sure, I think that in the short term, um, you know, the banking system has a vested interest, you know, in, in sort of staying in the game, right? And, but I, I think that, you know, I, for me, the answer as to why this is happening, right? Like, because I, I do see a difference, right? There's a difference between being able to wield cash and ca- taking it anywhere and doing whatever the hell you want, doing a side hustle where you get paid cash so you don't get taxed, you know, giving money to anybody you want to support. You know, we ha- without having to report it, and so, you know, my answer as to why this is happening is different. You know, it, 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 it aligns a little more to what Viggy is saying. It's about man- poverty management. Also, not only that, but also managing the the centers. You know, that are going to come managing the masses of people, and and that I think that uh, Viggy coins the the term totalitarian humanism. You know, which is going to be needed in the sense of like, it, it, as we talked, right, like uh, about AI replacing people and, and just a massive disruption to the way production happens in the world in, in the years to come. Um, there will be a lot of people that are going to be thrown to the side, you know, expendable, right? Like we are 8 billion people in the world and there will be millions upon millions of people that are going to be need to be corralled. And so the way I see digital currency is borders. It's a fence, you know, and because that now, um, when it's digitalized um, and it's tracked and and then it can be stopped at any moment or, or, you know, or it can uh, um, influence behavior, right, of humans, you know, you're no longer independent at all. You know, you, you can be your your ability to do and move through the world, feed yourself, anything is at, at, at the behest of the mediators of the system. And so I think this is more in preparation of the world that they know it's coming. You know, the, the people who govern this world that they understand that there is no accident. The fucking Mark Zuckerberg and other fuckers are making bunkers, you know, or like. Places to to fucking hide is, and I don't think it's climate change. I think it, it, it potentially be massive unrest, you know, or, or, you know, and or war, right? Like that we, we we keep talking about. Um, and so, but in terms of like what the system itself is doing, and again, Vigi talked about prior to COVID, we were on the brink 
of a massive global financial collapse that would have dwarfed 2008. And so, again, in, in I think Marx said something along the lines that, you know, in trying to solve one issue, right, uh, and the seeds for the next fucking problem are, are planted. And, and, and so they're just kicking the can down the road, you know, like, um, um, you know, this is the reason I think the Federal Reserve has been increasing interest rates so they can try to have some sort of influence on, um, you know, the, the, the liquidity of the, of the system, you know, by decreasing the, the, the interest rate when they need it. Because if they, they, you know, otherwise they would have to hand money over to people. And at that point, mo money is pointless because the poor people are going to be like, why don't I get anything? And, and so, again, cryptocurrency to me, it's not about, you know, some secret uh, societies. It, I mean, there is a part of it, right? Like there is a part of the CIA, the FBI, you know, all these institutions that are going to have to police us, you know, that are that are part of it. But they're not the main player. You know, the system itself is at risk uh, of collapsing in a spectacular way where, you know, people who are fighting for survival are going to have to be managed and they're going to have handouts for us. You know, and this is where Allison some years back talked about, you know, people, indigenous people in, in reserves, you know, like to have that in mind and how that, you know, they are managed, you know, through like the handouts that are given you know, by by the people who govern us. And so, again, to emphasize, digital currency is a technological infrastructure to control uh, masses of people. Yeah. Um, so I don't really know what fractional, what's she say, fractional? Reserve banking. Fractional reserve banking is, really, but I, I even... Um, my my friend, uh, God damn it, the guy who comes on our show, Bob, no, uh, Robert, no. Robert, um, you know he he recognizes that the a bank will hold on to ten dollars of what you did and invest another one hundred or thousand, but that ten dollars is is a is kind of the the stand in for a whole other nine hundred ninety dollars that you know. Are sent somewhere else, and it and it's basically saying, look, these ten dollars exist here. You gave me you gave me a thousand. I'm keeping ten, lending nine hundred ninety, but that ten can stand in for your thousand, you know. And it's ten percent, like so. That's what they have to hold of your money. Oh, right. So ten percent. So it was. So it's it's 10. every hundred dollars is ten dollars. Right. Yeah, for so that's a hundred, right? Okay. So that that idea, and and so I think what, so I, I do understand why you, maybe you're frustrated or at least wondering what she's getting at because and i believe whitney webb knows all these things so i think it's just what she's choosing to highlight because in, in some ways that little part obscures more than it reveals because digital currency for china which is done on the one-to-one -one basis is just as much the reason that china's putting into play is for control you know i did go i ended up reading something by the cato institute which was which was critical of central bank, uh, central bank digital currency, and it basically said exactly that, which is this is horrible because it's going to be such an the government will have complete control over you because the first of all under capitalism you get exploited, and so the your labor you get you, your wages you get are less than the value of it. Well, now what's happening is the wages you now get, which are then put in a bank, are no longer yours. 
not just $10 are just yours and the other nine, $90 are sent out. None of it is yours. It is all there by the bank and they'll decide whether you get it. That's ultimately what a central bank digital currency means. It's yours as long as you're, you play the game. If, you, if, you're, if you do what the government tells you to do, it's yours. But if you don't do what the government tells you, to do, what wants you to do, it is not yours. That's where we get to the Canadian truckers and things like that. And that's, that's the road this is going down. And, it, and that's the reason, I think one of the biggest, well, one major reason it's, it's there. It is also a reflection of the fact that money is becoming more devalued. It's a reflection of that as well. And that I can speak, I can't speak as much to, but I, I do think those two processes are in play. But it is, so this, this play, this play that the government is making with central bank digital currency is, a, is ultimately about control. It's the reason China's doing it, India went down the road, and Russia. So here, what Whitney Webb's getting at is, well, they need the control, but they, they can't even do this right, because these players in the banks are still going to try to make their money off of it, so that they, they don't even get what the real reason for it is. And she, she's, I don't know if she's making a criticism of it. It's, it's just, to me, I don't care whether they're doing it so they can have their financial Wall Street casino, or whether they want, whether it's the communist party which just wants to control its people like it's all it's all being done for the same reason which is they're planning on put it pushing us into a place where we can't fight back against whatever they've got intended or or they they think they can get us to that point um and so in that regard the the way that you arrive at that to me doesn't matter the best you can say is actually that the U.S. capitalism seems to be somewhat hamstrung by this level of corruption that keeps putting the, the big players getting in the way of what they really want to do. So that's what I hear in that in the statement she's making. I, I do I, I do think that she's not arguing this, but I do think there's another element that maybe reading Biggie has helped, helped me think about it. Because, like, you know, there will be periodic crises, right? Financial crises. And so, again, in the context of COVID, he talked about sending people home was the only, and, and it wasn't on these essays, it wasn't other articles that he wrote. Um, but he talks about how sending people, locking people in, our, in their homes was the only way to stop the fire from spreading. Because it, it shut off the world economic economy, you know, and, and so to me, I think that is another aspect of digital currency. I don't think we'll get there, you know. I do agree that the ultimate goal is control, you know, uh, and but I don't think it's gonna some level elements of it will be enacted just like through COVID, right? Like some things were introduced, put in our psyche, so we're able, so the people who rule us are able to summon those you know things that they inserted in our heads back right like oh lockdown okay yeah it's for our own good and so again digital currency it also gives whatever uh economy like governments or economies the ability to shut that valve off right we gotta reduce consumption because consumption in these essays yeah Talks about that too, right? And how that is about, uh, overconsumption is a problem for the system, and it's unbalanced. And in you know, like again, sending people home is a way. But if you don't, if you can send people home every two years, every four years, 
maybe you can just turn off you know the valve and in and diminish the amount of flow of transactions that happens right and, and so it gives them it's still about control right but yeah. you know I, well, I, I think it's a financial right system and i do think there is a like um uh a need an immediate need to have more of a you know, because again, monetary policy is no longer as useful. It's yeah. upside like we're it's upside down. Like the, the the shit that they used in 2001, 2008, it's upside down. Yeah. You know, like and so they need new tools, and like these are more direct and more like authoritarian tools. Um, and so I, I I believe that in the short term, and and the way they get this into us is gonna be through shoving some fucking crisis down our throats. I do agree with Whitney Webb. Yeah. Yeah, that was my moment for this episode. I was like, uh-huh, of course they are. Yeah. <laughs> some shit that affects everyone, they're going to blame it on some fucking schmuck or some terrorist, right? Yeah, you know, because they she makes um, allusion to, like, some articles that came out that were saying that Hamas was supporter with Bitcoin donations, but that was a lie. And yeah. so they are inserting, you know, these sort of uh, uh, headlines into the managerial class, you know, the, the people who are quote unquote educated. Yeah. Because like the average working class person not reading these fucking headlines is the fuckers who are gonna, you know, just like the nurses, the doctors, the lawyers, or you know, the people who went along with this COVID shit, like those are gonna be the same people that are gonna push some of these measures because it's gonna be in the name of preserving, you know, humanitarian bullshit. You know, because they are the ones who have the power to impose shit, or, 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 you know, on people. And so, again, I, I, these headlines are preparing us, uh, preparing the people who read the news, you know, for that world. Yeah, I I agree that the, with what you've you've said about controlling the economy on both ends, public public private partnerships means. Um, state-run economies means pr pr production is more and more in the purview of what the state says needs to be made. Now, people can get all bent out of shape about, well, that we want free market capitalism. There is no such thing as free market capitalism. The capitalism always will need a, a strong state in order to, to run it because it's, it's so prone to crisis that the state is actually what keeps it afloat, all right? So I don't know. I don't tell libertarians who think, well, no, we can get free market. I just don't want to tell you. But you want to believe in that? Then uh, there's a tooth fairy if you put a tooth under your under your pillow. Um, the but the point you're making, I think, is important, and I didn't kind of see it. Is central bank digital currency means they can control not just production but consumption, and they get to control it on both ends. And in their minds, oh, now now we can get a hold of capitalism. Now we can. Now we really can get, make it work. So yes, that's their goal. I do believe it is to control both ends of the pipe, the production end and the consumption end. And with the idea that they have the, their hand on the spigot, they can exercise. It's not just control on people, but control on their system. So I, I agree with that. But but I do think that beyond that, like I, it does make me question, um, Again, going back to that question about automation, replacing humans, right? Becoming a totalitarian humanist world or system. Um, you know, like, I think that it's also in preparation for that world beyond what we consider capitalism, right? Like, and, and because it is unstable and it's really reaching limits, right? Like, 
that that need some solutions that are outside of the system you know that are you know where the facade of you know democracy or or you know competition whatever um it's gonna succumb to the competition of the state actors right like um I don't know. I don't. It's just a thought that you know. It's a big question that I have. It's like, are we? And I think it just, it just, <laughs> digital currency uh, provides that option at least. You know, like to kind of run the system as long as it can. You know, and as it also transforms, because it has to address those massive questions, right? As to what happens to uh, unemployed populations in a system that produces enough yeah i mean i think my own feeling is this is going to be the future area of a new of a new area of control between BRICS, which i do believe will have its digital currency and the g7 which is not going to be invited into or nor will it try to want it it's going to think that it has a currency that it can draw the rest of the globe into because that's what each side is going to, each poll is going to try to do is in, initiate a, a, a currency that they can draw all the other actors in behind and that they can essentially control and be the be the head the top of the top of the heap all right um so i believe that this solution and this mon monopoly cartelization move is going to just be another area of competition and another area that's going to lead to the a giant collision um between the big the big actors russia i mean china and the united states world war three again so uh, you know and jeffrey straw is going to hate me saying it but that's that's what i you know um that's where i come from on this um so it it doesn't solve a crisis it puts it down the road and is only means it's going to be bigger when it hits um it, and, you know and i think that's that's what you just mentioned, and I guess Jeffrey will hate me too. Because <laughs> uh, I do think that's an element that's completely missing from Viggy, the geopolitical aspects of it, and it's still materialism, right? Like, because I mean, the world, you know, world wars, like, were fought, you know, in part, right? Like, for expansionary forces that were looking for more resources, right? You know, like, because, and I think it's 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 not that he doesn't overlook it i think he believes that a new system is coming into being mm -hmm. that he calls like kind of feudal a feudal a new feudal system is coming into being um techno a technocratic feudalism of sorts and i no i i think we're i think we're we have capitalism here. that's i think like that's a question that i that i have in my mind because yeah. that's kind of what i'm hinting at like are we moving to something towards something new? And uh, because yeah, at the moment, I, I would say that I would lean towards the techno feudal, you know, situation because like it, it reminds me of my country, Guatemala, but in reverse. Like you know, like the recent, like in '52, it was overthrown. Whatever the 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 general who wanted to reform the country from a feudal state to um a capitalist society wanted to give land to people in order for them to be uh part to participate in, in the capitalist economy 
And and so, but what I'm seeing is like people dispossess, you know, and, and being fenced off outside of, you know, certain systems. So I, I do have that question in mind. And, and yeah. I personally don't know if I, you know, I, I don't know if I still call that capitalism, you know, and, and, and it's still like, or maybe it is more like state run. <laughs> Uh, but but again, I don't know. Uh, I, I do have that question, you know, whether yeah. we are moving towards a, a new system because, you know, also the dynamic of workers, right? Like, what what does that mean? <laughs> like, uh, and I don't know if we'll get to that clip, but that was a question that they ask uh, Whitney Webb. Like, what do we do? Yeah, let's and, let's know, let's go to that, and then and then we'll see what we say. Because I you know I think it's an open question. I think I. I I think we have capitalism in operation, and I think it's looking like it's operating the way that capitalism operates. Um, I don't think there's anything, to me, there's nothing substantially new here, except like I said, I do have questions about the actual size of the working class. There was a period where Marx was looking at it, and he saw it at a time when it, when it was a minority and projected that the working class would become a majority, like population-wise. Um, and that saw it getting larger and larger and larger. And now, now I actually see the basis for shrinking the working class. And it, it raises questions for me about what revolution would look like. Um, but that, to me, I, I, I don't see the, the, cap, the, the ruling class arriving to their place without literally a, vaporizing most of the population and then maybe some of them have a nice place on Mars to live, or maybe there's a place on New Zealand that they've dug out. But I don't call that to me looks like that's what I would describe as barbarism. Remember, like it can, we can either have revolution socialism or barbarism. That's barbarism. Barbarism one. Because a few of these rich fuckers just decided they were gonna live in a hole and live it out the rest of their lives, but just pretty much wipe the rest of it out. That's so I would say that that is capitalism coming to an end, not capitalism coming something new and it came to an end because the the crisis was not resolved by working class revolution it was resolved by common ruining of common ruining of common ruining of contending classes you know okay so there's a few rich fuckers who live who are alive living underground so what they're done in a few generations they're not there's nothing new for them to live on maybe they can get themselves off the planet and do something out in mars and blah 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 but it, for all intents and purposes civilization is over you know, I don't call civilization Bill Gates living underground. No, with a, with a couple of whatever, you know, uh, nice big TV screens and some food. That to yeah. me is not civilization. And again, I guess I I'm just reminded too that we are in capitalism and that these system are systems, right? Like they're not uniform. They're not global. <laughs> You know, in in like there are alliances being made, and I think like we've discussed in previous episodes, those alliances and those those contending groups are are gonna determine you know what the future holds in the in so is the anarchic competition right of ultimately states and and yep. so yeah I mean yeah you know barbarism yeah okay. that's my opinion and and I think we're getting. We're getting previews of what that barbarism will look like when we look at northern Gaza, when we look at uh, Bakhmut, 
when we look at Rabat, Robotino, when we look at Avdivka, when you look at some of the cities and towns in those regions, they are leveled, decimated, like nothing. You know, just like little pieces of window things shit sticking around. That's not because Israel is, is run by some crazy genocidal, different than Biden, different than Xi Jinping, different than Putin. All these fuckers are just prepared to destroy in order to make sure that they come out on top. And so we are being, this world is, we are being given um, previews of the future when we see this. There's nothing new in Gaza, folks. It, I mean, the decimation and the attack is, is real, but people who lose in their minds, oh, that's genocide. Dude, look, look around what's going on right now. Look at going, what's going on in Ukraine. Um, and that's, that's what capitalist war looks like when they really mean it. And they and they can't lose, so we're all going there, and they're willing to do it. And I don't I don't think I don't think Russia and China, or I'm sorry, United States and China, are going to reach any agreement about anything in terms of sharing the globe in some multipolar whatever. And and I guess yeah, that's where cryptocurrency is betting on the world that will continue, right? Like when. A, a, um, you want to go to the, the solution thing? Yeah. Okay. Coming up right now. So how do we protect our money? Um, you know, that's a really good question. So, you know, I am not like a financial expert or advisor, so I don't feel comfortable telling people exactly where to put their money. Uh, but what I do personally is I try and put my money in things I will need if the world gets totally insane. So I don't have to worry about... Uh, feeding my family, how I'm going to like have lights on in my house and all sorts of stuff so like guns. that. Um, <laughs> guns and gold. I mean, whatever works for you, you know, but I, I think what what's important for people is to sort of think through this stuff because, you know, knowing people, for example, in Argentina, their economy collapsed in 2001. Uh, for talking to people who lived through that, they've all said uh, that if you give into the panic, that's the worst thing you can possibly do. Like mental preparedness is very important. Uh, and that doesn't cost anything, does it? And also, if, I mean, the Internet's going to be heavily censored, it would make sense to back up information you care and value and you think you might need in the future offline also. So so when you say you you um, you put your money into things that you need, what, what, what do you mean by that? Well, um, so like I, uh, well, I live in Chile, so it's a lot easier for me uh, than it would have been if I lived in the U.S. still. But I bought a little plot of land and uh, saved up for like 15 years uh, and have a little house on it. So I don't have to pay rent anymore, you know, going to try and grow as much of my own food as possible, um, you know, have sort of a, my own water supply, stuff like that. I mean, not at, obviously, it's going to look different for everyone based on you know, your situation, maybe stock up on, you know, a couple weeks of groceries or something if stuff goes insane. I mean, we saw what happened with COVID where everything got shut down for a couple weeks. You know, what happens if some crazy crisis happens and, you know, the grocery stores aren't working normally or you can't get into one normally. Oh, order from Amazon like again? Because <laughs> they were still open. <laughs> or pay with your palm to get yeah. your... Uh... Do you want to start? Sure. Um, well, I think the biggest criticism I would have there is Jimmy Dore's question, how do you protect your money? Yeah. Um, I mean, money's important. I'm not going <laughs> to shit. I understand that. Like in the, under the system, but that's not what, that's not what's at risk here. Like how do we protect our future? 
How do we protect humanity? How do we protect ourselves? How do we protect our families? How do we protect our communities? That's that's the question. Um, the, his question pushed her into the direction of of answering it in terms of like as if this is just like another financial, you know, how what, weathering another financial storm. Where do you go and things like that. Um, so that, that's my biggest cr criticism of that is the question. Um, I I would say that some of the steps that Whitney Webb is taking are steps that me and Brandy are talking about in terms of like just trying to hold on for ourselves. But none of that, none of that is a solution. All of that is like trying to, to survive under difficult circumstances. The hope is that there will be other people who will be thinking similarly and that those are people we'll be meeting in the course of these coming years that will really begin to do something together differently. Like we'll build something different. That's, that's what I think about. It's not about how do you protect your money, but how do you protect yourself and each other? Because I, I think those, I don't think you can protect yourself. I think we can only protect each other. Like no muskox is safe by itself. It's safe when it forms a big circle, and then it can, then it can hold off the you know tigers and lions or whatever hunts it, you know. And so, um, that would be my first thought: uh, is that I, what I appreciate about Whitney Webb is saying is she's not saying Bitcoin, even though the discussion she had was at Bitcoin at the bit. Her conversation was given to the Bitcoin people. You know, she's trying to, because Bitcoin people think that somehow they're going to stay away from, like maybe they can fool government regulation or get around government regulation. I think Whitney Webb, I heard another interview where she's like, "Folks, the government's already come. The government's already in our fucking back on our back door." Like, and she's, I think she's trying to argue with them about like how do we keep the government out. I think that's a fantasy. Like, cryptocurrency is a vehicle for bringing in digital currency, and those po people. Many of most of those people are going to be brought in. Some of those people will be called crypto terrorists and they'll be kept out. Other ones will just be called like, hey, you know, you like crypto? Well, here's how we're, here's how you can do it now. We've made it more convenient for you. And it, wouldn't it be very inconvenient to be called a crypto terrorist and 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 have the life that those folks are happening? And people are going to nod their heads and go, yes, I would. I'd rather go your way than go their way. And so that's what the government's going to do. It's basically use people who are already in the digital currency zone. And just say, come back, come to our regulated world, because if you if you want to stay unregulated, you're you're going to be a terrorist. You know, you're going to be treated like the unvaccinated. Um, and and we see what happens when people when when people are shown when people are shown how they're going to be treated. <laughs> you know, at like or shown certain people to be object lessons, then everyone gets the message and they get their minds read. And we've seen that happen around COVID. You know. Um, the people who said, I, I didn't want to do it, but I had to, you know, and so that we're going to, you're going to get a lot of people who are Bitcoin 2023, that if digital currency comes in 2025, they're going to be like, yeah, I did Bitcoin, but well, I guess not anymore, you know? Um, so Bitcoin's not a future either. Um, so all I'd say is that, you know, Whitney Webb is actually making sense in terms of like, uh, well, these are some of the things that I know me and Brandy are talking about doing, I just don't think of it as a solution. I think of it as hold it, as a way of holding on that the solution is is building something different 
and fighting to defend it. And so that that part is is part of that was out of that that wasn't in that discussion. Yeah, I mean, I think similarly, I um, I mean, I, I understand you know these things do afford you you know like uh, I'm raising a kid right and and the more we look into shit like the more we realize how messed up everything is how like you know you go to the doctor they want to impose shit on you 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 your food is fucking contaminated with shit you know um you're uh whatever you know like uh you go be a slave you know where I work and you have to work six days, fucking 10, 11 hour days, you know, to kind of get by and, and thank your fucking bosses for giving you, giving you a $300 bonus because it fucking, and it, and it gets taxed, you know, uh, we get taxed when we fucking work, we get taxed when we purchase something. And so our rate of taxation is way higher than you fucking think, um, you know, and so everywhere we look and it's, you know, it's fucked. So like, you know, what she's talking about is it, it, something that I do. I would love for myself, but in my current reality, I cannot, I don't have an exit, <laughs> you know, and I have the next best thing right now. And, you know, and, uh, so it'd be nice, you know, and, and, and I think it'd be nice to cope and that helps to cope in the system that we have now, but the stuff that we're talking about, it, 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 it's, it goes beyond that, you know, and, um, and yes, like you said, you mentioned, you know, community, family, you mentioned, like, you know, those fuckers in a, you know, in the bunker or in fucking Mars, that's not civilization, that's not humanity, you know, like, that's some fucking scientific minded bullshit, you know, like that. You know, like, I wonder how much these fuckers dance on, like, tell jokes, you know, rather than just come with machinations, calculations of, you know, of shit, you know, like, I wonder, you know, how much they actually love and, you know, and, and feel and experience, you know, and, and so, and I'm talking about, like, the face of, this bullshit like the Elon Musk and all this stuff, you yeah. know, the technocrats, right? That who are uh, elevated to be priests of some fucking stupid solutions that, you know, really <laughs> are about for the selected few, right? If if they're solutions at all. And so, you know, it, it goes back to like, <laughs> we had to do it together somehow. And I don't know how, you know, we've talked about that and, and 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 so but yeah you know building something worth defending you know it, it's hard <laughs> it's fucking hard and 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 you know like i wish i had more uh, inspirational shit but i don't like I, i'm i'm looking you know i'm yeah. looking to stay afloat and and you know because at the end of the like she whitney Webb, towards the end of the episode they she tries to keep her like a positive attitude right and and there's one thing that i agree uh that she said that the more you live in the real world you know <laughs> less on the internet the more you realize uh there is like maybe hope and like yeah yep. and uh, so i do uh, as, as cheesy as it may sound I, I i completely agree with her yep you know we have to live in the real world and 
and you know less subjected you know to to the amounts of information that we're subjected to right and and it's difficult to sort through and um you know and, and so but it's hard right that we're getting bombarded left right from above from below and you know like i don't know i just uh, for me it's a constant struggle of trying to stay grounded and present you know and 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 try to do my best and be honest i guess with what i'm seeing and you know hopefully my daughter can have some semblance of a community you know that she can hold on to right because i hope she lives a long life yeah happy long life i i had forgotten that part she had said where whitney webb had said that and that i really agree with when she said the more the more you use the internet as a vehicle for touchstone for reality you will become less hopeful like you will become more just you will be have more despair but if you actually look and see what and, and evaluate your actual experience with real people in a grocery store or at Target or wherever, you your experiences are going to be different. And in fact, my my brother did have that experience over Christmas when we went to Home Depot to get a tree, uh, things like that. We had a conversation with two of the people who worked there, which they, one of the women, she was maybe Israeli and possibly supporting what Israel was doing. But it was clear they had way really deep questions about what was going on. Like uh, in the conversations we had with them, the other guy was not for what Israel was doing, but both of them were like, Oh my God, you know, this is horseshit what we're seeing around us. Um, and we don't, we don't agree on what's really going on, but there's a, there's a massive amount of people who I do believe in the real world who are having deep questions about, what they're being told. Um, now, my brother is optimistic, actually. He thinks we're getting there, you know? I am not. Um, and I do, I would say that when I think about the plan that I talk with my mom about and my family about, about like basically going to her place and using it as a compound, that is a plan of defeat, right? That is a plan that the things that have already been launched, the missiles have been sent, you know, I, I, I'm not thinking about revolution at that point. I'm just thinking about survival and being with people I love. And I'll, I'm, I'll, I'll be glad to be alive because I'll be with the people I love. But if, if I'm able to get to that point or just get vaporized or what have you. Um, but once the missiles are sent, for me, the, the discussion of revolution is over. Like, it's not on the table anymore. It's over. Yeah. It's a wrap. Um, so whatever sort of change has, we're going to do, it will have to happen before that moment. Um, and it's going to have to be dramatic, you know, and it's going to have to make it so that, that, that the people who, the, the, the course, it's going to have to create a new system, um, and impose a new system and live by a new system. So, uh, that's hard for me to see. Um, but I will say that, you know, like when I think about what the, the, the attempt at my job when one of our employees or one of my colleagues was fired wrongly, and the attempt we made to kind of gather together to like support her, 
that to me is that's the work that needs to be done. That's fighting for the revolution because there's a lot, all sorts of injustices being done at all sorts of levels. We have to take on the ones that are right there in front of us and where we have people we can meet with and talk with and do something to try to stop it and undo it. And if we had, and if more of us would have had to come together to do that, we would be in a different place. We wouldn't be closer to solving the situation of World War Three or, you know, the global environment, the environment is being destroyed by the capitalist, largely through pollution and global engineering. Um, but we would be closer to having people come together on a real way that built some trust that could say, okay, what's next? So that's, that's how I look at this right now. Yeah. I mean, I guess I think of Gramsci, uh, what does he say? The pessimism of the mind. What is it in mm. something of the will? <laughs> mm. Pessimism of the mind. Let me look it up real quick. Okay. Pessimism of the intellect and optimism of the will. Mm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like, I don't know. You know, when you look at all these possibilities, right? Because we don't know for sure, right? Like, yeah. we're trying to guess, like, the, the roads that we're heading towards, right? And, and no one surely knows exactly how it's going to play out. And, you know, but kind of have to prepare for that right and and push against it and and try to have some control um yeah you know that it's not you know like again going to a compound by yourself you know like it's, i like that you know you said that that it, it is that is the last stand i guess <laughs> you know and and that is more of an individual thing and 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 so the rest is collective and like you said you know and like building trust, you can only do that, you know, with people, <laughs> real people and, and, and real actions, right? Um, yeah. But I, yeah. But I would say that the internet, it, when you were, when you were reminding me of what Whitney Webb had said, it, it, it reminded me of like, uh, what is in Don, in what is that, that Italian guy, Dante's Inferno, which is about, you know, the levels of hell. I think the doors, say on the on the opening doors when you go to hell is like abandon all hope ye who ye who enter and i think that's what this 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 vehicle here has this essentially saying the same thing it's it's their game man this is their place mm -hmm. this is their theater so there's no there's no life here from which we can change the world um we can get a a, a voice out in the context of our separation but once we start getting collective, this thing's going to have to go away. And that's where, I, again, I would say that what for me, when Whitney Webb says we're going to have to end our reliance on big tech, I probably go as far as saying we are going to have to end our reliance on tech. And it's, there's no tech that we're going to be able to use to get our way out of it. This is where I agree with Allison. We're going to have to find a very different way of living than what we have been told is convenient or shepherded into feeling and seeming that this is convenient. It's, it's convenient for them that they got us here. That's what I would say. No. So. I don't have nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kenny, 
I'm glad you brought this up. I wasn't really sure where it would take us, but I was really, I really enjoyed reading Fabio Vigi's uh, articles. I definitely listened. I love listening to Whitney Webb. Uh, it, it caused me to, you know, um, go to a few of her other things that she had done. Um, and people should not mistake the fact that if we're, I'm critical of whatever, she definitely feels to me like an ally in this fight. I know some people are going to say psyop, blah, blah, blah. I honestly don't care. I'm done with the psyop words, you know, like I'm a psyop. Uh, I'll just, yeah, I'm a psyop. Here I am. Um, and, but I, I, I would say that it was really helpful to like go over this with you and just kind of think about it. I want to, I guess about that, you know, the, you know, I, I also, I don't want to play that immaculate game. <laughs> you know, we're all fucking dirty. We all got some fucking toxins from yeah. this fucking system, you know, and, and I guess that's what we're trying to do here, right? Sort through some shit and, you know, like, we probably didn't get it, you know, everything right. This is our opinion uh, at the moment. And, you know, and like, obviously we're willing to change and, and, and we'll see. But yeah, like, you know, everyone's fucking tainted <laughs> and like, yeah. You know, we think we've discovered one hole, then you know, uh, there's another cave over here. And, <laughs> and, and that that that's that's the one thing I think I'm sure of, right? Like that, our enemies fucking has so many tools and so many angles and 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 things that we don't even know or understand that are in play right now. And and so yeah, like, but yeah, there's nothing like, you know. Spending time with people, I think, uh, yeah, and, and even then, like <laughs> we go back to faith. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> you know, like, you you had to have some faith that you know they're not infiltrated like they did to you know a lot of the Black Panthers or a lot of people. Right? Mm -hmm. They had people protecting their bodies, but the point is that you know you do your best and you. At the end of the day, you, I do think being a revolutionary is an act of faith. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, you know, it's we keep on going. Yep. Um, well, thanks, Kenny. Um, and Eduardo, hope you're doing well. And we're looking forward to having you back here next week. Um, let's see. So that does it for this week's episode. What's Left is a weekly political podcast channel, Challenge of the Mainstream Left. We post information about our topics and our guests on the episode notes wherever you found this episode or on our blog, whatsleftpodcast.com. You can find past episodes to this podcast there and connect with us. If you like anything you have heard here, please subscribe, rate, review, turn on your notifications to any of our eight platforms, Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, BitChute, Odyssey, Rumble, YouTube, or Telegram. And if you'd like to give us feedback about something you've heard, or suggest something for us to cover, please contact us through our blog at the whatsleftpodcast.com. Kenny, thank you very much. Uh, folks, if you're still listening, you're gonna see links to the readings and to the Jimmy Dore episode in the description below. Um, and uh, again, happy new year to everyone. Um, and uh, look forward to seeing you next week. Bye-bye. <laughs>